0: This is a No Dogma podcast, I'm Brian Hogan, and this morning I'm joined by Steph Vicari, a software engineer and leader of Code & Coffee, which is part of the Girl Develop It movement in Boston. Thanks for taking time out of your Sunday to talk to me, Steph.
1: Thank you for having me. Can
0: you tell me a little bit about your background, if you don't mind first, Steph?
1: Certainly. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Stephanie Vicari. I'm a software engineer at Society of Grownups, Ups, a company that's located in Brookline. I've been coding for about three years now, and prior to being a web developer, I went I worked for jobs in various sales and marketing roles most recently the automotive industry.
0: Society of Grown Ups uh, briefly it's something it, it's for teaching adults about things they should already know was that kind of the idea? Or it ha, is. I'm incorrect in saying they should already know. Apologies.
1: <laughs> no worries. Uh, no you're you're quite on target though. Uh, Society of Grown Ups is a place to learn about how to deal with those topics that you often don't learn as you're growing up unless you happen to learn them from your parents or you've done a lot of heavy research on your own. We offer classes that teach individuals how to file taxes, how to save money for goals, also how to manage debt and some other fun topics like wine pairing and whiskey tasting. One of the other great uh, things about the company is we do offer affordable, very customized checkups and appointments. I highly recommend Society of Grown Ups to all my friends or anyone who's looking for some financial knowledge and freedom.
0: But then on the side uh, from, the, from the regular work role, you're also a member of the Girl Develop It movement or
1: group. How would you say it? I am. You can honestly call it either. Uh, Girl Develop It group, Girl Develop It organization. It is a bit of a movement as we try to get more women involved in technical roles.
0: Okay. Tell me a little bit about the background of Girl Development?
1: Sure. Uh, so Girl Develop It was started by two very impressive individuals, uh, Sarah Chips and Vanessa Hurst. Uh, they created Girl Develop It in June 2010. They started out in New York City. It's a nonprofit organization. And they started it with the initiative to ensure that women of all ages, races, education levels, income, and upbringing had access to opportunities to build confidence in their skill set to develop web and mobile applications. The very first class took uh, place in New York City it was an intro class to HTML and CSS. Uh, since then, the organization continues to grow uh, through its network of volunteers and teachers. There are about approximately 53 chapters in cities all across the U.S. And we're excited that we have some new chapters in Canada as well, Ottawa to be specific.
0: And then Code & Coffee is part of girl Girl Development, is that correct?
1: It is. Code and Coffee is one of the less formal sessions that we offer since we offer classes that people register for, but those classes fill up very quickly and we only take about 20 people to a class to ensure that we have a great balance between students and TAs. Uh, The Code and Coffees are a great community event where people can show up and it's a great opportunity to work on a project, to uh, provide some mentorship to others, to also obtain mentorship from others that attend, and those events take place about once a month.
0: So, so to be clear uh, for myself, uh, the girl development has classes which people register and pay for. And then separately, you have more of I an mean, informal sort of meet up like it's just a meet up before any other um, tech event where people sit around, do a bit of coding, do a bit of chatting. And there's no fee for that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The code and coffees were kind of an idea how a lot of meetups have the hackathons that they offer. But hackathons can even be intimidating to someone who's extremely new to being a web developer, so we wanted to do something that was less formal but still had that inviting atmosphere you could come and work on a project but you didn't necessarily have to have a project to work on. You could simply come and talk to other individuals who were already in that space and find out more about coding and if it's something that they might be interested in.
0: Even though it's called Girl Developers, I, I know myself because I attended one of your coding coffees, it's inclusive as an organization
1: very much so uh we're always looking to include everyone in the community who is interested in being part of girl development we do market very heavily towards women since that's the market that we're trying to bring into the tech industry but everyone's always welcome to attend the events we encourage it
0: just so you know i come also i'm here some of the listeners already know i come from a very traditional c-sharp background which um doesn't necessarily expose you to a lot of the newer technologies because you stay within the Microsoft frame and you use your Visual Studio and you occasionally learn a bit about Node and Angular. But the night that I attended Code and Coffee, I picked up so much knowledge so quickly about other languages that I'd never heard of. There was I I think there was one called Phoenix, which is I think a derivative of um, Erlang. And then there there might be a different one that's a derivative of Erlang. There were other languages I learned about Cloud9, which is an online IDE. I was blown away, but I had no idea that such a thing even existed because I'm so used to my huge Visual Studio installation. So I think it's very valuable for people who are, let's say, maybe in the Microsoft or the Java side of the world to attend events like yours, to meet people who are doing very, very different things with very new technologies.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. That's one of the great things about coming to the Code & Coffee events is, for as you just said, you're exposed to everything else that people are working on because it's very easy when you work for a company and you stick to that particular technology suite that you're paid to learn and to grow with. But when you come to the meetup, you'll find out, as you mentioned, um, uh, there is Phoenix, which is one of the new frameworks that uses Elixir, which is based off of Erlang. And then there's Ruby, there's Rails, there's all sorts of technologies that are out there that people are quickly using for a lot of startups and for some of the bigger organizations as well so it's a great opportunity to find out what's kind of hot in the market what companies are looking for what other people are having fun experimenting with it's incredible exposure to what's going on in the market
0: one of the things as well that struck me was and i'm going to be very vague about this and it'll be obvious why there was a person at the event Mm -hmm. who was using cloud nine and online ide to learn, I think, would it be Node that the person was learning? Is that right? Using Cloud I believe right?
1: so. Yeah. Uh,
0: they work a traditional job, which is not software, but they've got a lot of spare time just by the nature of their job. So rather than bringing in their own laptop, which would be a very obvious thing and working on something like um, uh, Visual Studio or the Java one whose name is escaping me right now, they could just switch to a tab, do some work, get back to their regular job, answer a call, switch back to their IDE. That's something I think that's empowering.
1: I couldn't agree more. Uh, The individuals that attend these events are very impressive. A lot of them are working full-time, but they've decided that they're interested in coding and they're finding ways to dabble in their spare time. It might be, like you said, if their work isn't difficult enough that they can still do their job 100%, but then still use their five minutes here and there to learn, to go through lessons that are online. Um, Some people that show up to these events are also quitting their jobs and then learning to code full-time because they have enough faith in themselves that they know that they can pick this up quickly enough to then be hired as a junior engineer. It's it's very empowering to watch individuals kind of like take control of their education and their uh, make that career change into something that they might not have been encouraged to do at a younger age.
0: Some years back uh, when I got into uh, software industry, It was the mid 90s I went to university back then. Pretty much the only path into the software world to get a job, almost the only path would have been university degree or diploma or certificate of some sort, join a company, make your way up. But the the formal education was the key back then. That's no longer the case.
1: I think that's true for a lot of cities Um, and depending, it really depends on the type of work that you're interested in doing. I think companies will still often lean towards they prefer individuals to have some type of um, formal education of a college degree, but also since there are so many web developer roles that are unfilled and companies are looking to fill those roles quickly, they're going more unconventional routes where they're interested in individuals that have the coding skills and capabilities. But didn't necessarily invest in a four year college education. But if you're someone that's thinking about obtaining one of those degrees, or if you're wondering if it's something that's worth its value, I think it depends greatly on the type of company that you want to work for and the problems that they're trying to solve. Uh, For example, uh, if the company is looking for a developer that can essentially just kind of like bring their database into a browser for the end user, that company is likely to be interested in someone that has actual coding experience and is familiar with the newer technologies that are being adopted in the environment. For companies that say for Bloomberg, and I'm not sure if you've heard of Magic Leap, but they're a very interesting uh, VR company that's coming up in Florida. They're looking for individuals that understand how computers work on a much deeper level. So. They're looking for individuals that have taken courses in topics like advanced mathematics and perhaps even machine learning. Uh, Most college CS degrees graduate people ready for research-heavy positions, even though most of the uh, software development jobs on the market don't require that CS-level understanding level of computers. I think that's one of the reasons coding boot camps have been able to capitalize so well on that market, because they're looking to fill that gap between companies that want to hire engineers to do very specific web development roles, Versus companies that need someone that have that um, more fundamental CS training.
0: So do you see Girl Develop It as primarily preparing people for web development roles as opposed to the? And I know there's, it, it's, there is a distinction with software engineering roles because, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked as a software engineer on embedded systems. That's not something I presume Girl Develop It would have a focus on because it's just not where the market would be for most people.
1: True. Yeah, we're usually trying to offer classes that are very relevant to any type of uh, skill that someone might need right now in the job market. So that tends to be more heavily on HTML, CSS, JavaScript, um, some of the other languages like Java, Ruby. Uh, we'll probably look to expand into some of the newer like uh, languages like Elixir. Um, we also have some for like intro to iOS development. Uh, so those are very relevant skills to have right now, but we are always looking to expand that list because you never know what someone's looking to learn to support their existing career or the areas that they're getting into. But yes, I I would agree. It is far more specific to web development roles for for right now. It also depends on the teachers that we have available to us. So most of the teachers that come and volunteer with Girl Develop It tend to be web developers themselves. So we just happen to have access to that type of talent more often than people who have uh, more formal like CS degrees or might do something that's a little bit more intense, like uh, advanced algorithms and interesting topics like that.
0: On the night that I attended your event, I found I could help no one because... Even though I've got I don't know twelve thirteen years experience in Microsoft, no one was interested because no one was doing it. And great, I've got a, a degrees in telecommunications and um, I know a lot about visual uh, sorry about algorithms. Again, no one needed that. But uh, to, to one point you were making about whether a person should invest in um, a, a degree, it also was very relevant about where you live. So in the United States, where we are, it's a very tough decision because of the, high, the huge financial cost for some people. Whereas where I come from in Ireland, it isn't that expensive for a person to attend university. And especially when I attended, it was pretty much 100% free. So I went through four years of a bachelor's degree and two and a half years of a master's degree with no debts, no costs, no anything of that nature. And the US, I think, is probably quite particular in that people can end up with 150,000 Maybe let's say fifty to to one hundred and fifty thousand wouldn't be an outrageous range for someone to end up with at the end of a four year degree.
1: Right, um, the cost of going to a, a college education in the U.S. is drastic. Uh, it's a very, um, it's a very important decision to make uh, for your finances and what's going to work best for you. I've noticed that some of the people that are coming into web development, they're being encouraged to go into that role and not pursue a college education just because it is feasible to make that career switch without incurring all the debt that comes from a four-year degree. But at the same time, I've noticed that a lot of those individuals, once they've gotten a foundation underneath them and they start to understand some of the concepts and they're working full-time as a web developer, they still don't have that that primary um, fundamental knowledge that you gain from a CS degree. So a lot of them will choose to take one-off classes here and there to kind of like gain insight into a world that they weren't in before. Uh, they may go back for a master's program. It, I think it really depends on the type of work that that company's doing if they see that taking a CS de- um, degree or maybe like a master's program is really going to impact their current career. Or you could have a great, successful career the rest of your life without ever going back to earn that four-year degree. I think it depends on your interest and if you want to pursue that type of knowledge and the type of problems that you're going to be looking to solve in the future. If I may, though, I'm going to back up for just a moment because you mentioned um, that when you were there at the Code and Coffee, you felt like you couldn't help anyone. But I do want to advocate and say that having people in that group with that uh, former knowledge of... Having, like you said, um, more information about Microsoft and exposure to some of the languages that that people in that group hadn't had experience to, even if you're not helping them directly, having that conversation with you is incredibly helpful because it's always good to talk to people that have been in, in this industry far longer than a lot of the people that are coming like out of boot camps or learning on their own. And they've only been exposed to a very, very tiny part of this world of web development. So. I, I would say that I appreciate your presence there, and I would encourage other people who have far more tenure in this world to, or far more tenure in uh, software development, to come and participate in those events, even if they're not helping directly with like JavaScript questions or Elixir questions.
0: No, that's true. That's a very fair point. There are certain things that obviously, you know, it goes back to the to the silly little statement: What's the difference between a very good engineer with one year's experience and a very good engineer with ten years' experience? Well,
1: mm-hmm. nine
0: years of experience. And you can't earn that without spending the nine years, typically. Um, To to the point of boot camps, do you have any concerns that people would start to view these boot camps, these classes as replacements for degrees? Or is that something that's not a big deal?
1: I think that's a considerable uh, concern. And it's something that I've had a conversation about with uh, several individuals who have been interested in pursuing uh, going to a boot camp. Some of the boot camps and I'd say in about like the last year or two and actually came under some scrutiny because they were advertising that they could be a replacement for a CS degree. Or if you were to go through their three, four month program that you would graduate, you'd be this top notch, you know, senior engineer and you'd be pulling down like a six figure salary. And they were being rather presumptuous and I would say dishonest in some of their marketing because when you make that shift over to web development, going through a boot camp, you do have to be very honest with yourself and realize I am switching into a very new industry. I'm going to be a junior. I'm going to have to start over in my career. And then you get to work your way up from there. Um, so I do caution people when they're looking at the boot camps to appreciate the education for what it is. It is very much a starting point. Now, some people do go to college and earn a CS degree. And I've heard that they go to a boot camp afterwards to gain some of that immediate knowledge of knowing um, what frameworks are being used in the web development world. They also are given an experience that's very similar of what it will be like to working in a web development shop. So that kind of uh, maybe if it's also working with like particular like source control uh, versioning, then that gives them that immediate sort of um. Experience to then go and work for another company while graduating from a college before that exposure, you tend to have a lot of theoretical knowledge, but you might not have that hands-on like practice and social collaboration with other engineers. Um, I think it depends on the, the boot camp that you're looking at, but yes, I, I would caution that you research heavily and uh, understand that you're you're starting over in a new career.
0: It's uh, one of the things as well. I was thinking is that. It has become far easier to get into this industry. The barriers have been significantly reduced. You know, you, you just need a laptop. Um, 10, 12 years ago, laptops were heavy and expensive. Right now they're, they're cheap and they're light. So you can carry it with you, spend some time on the train, spend half an hour on your way to your, whatever your regular job is, do your regular job, spend half an hour on the way back. Things like that have become have made it much, much easier. I think also there's far more jobs available, particularly in a metropolitan area like Boston.
1: Absolutely. I I will say I am one of the very fortunate individuals myself where I happened to get into web development at a time where not only is it being highly encouraged uh, for everyone to pursue a career in coding. Uh, It's also being encouraged for women. And then I do have access to a laptop that I can easily carry around. And there's web frameworks that have been built, like Rails being a great example of a framework that new people can come in without any prior coding experience and be able to pick it up quickly enough that then they can contribute to a startup or a company in their area. Um, times are are very unique for that and i, I certainly respect the people who started programming uh, five ten years ago when they didn't have access to all the resources that i have access to right now
0: if you want to wind it back to the the 90s when i started programming um you had to buy compilers so if you wanted to program in something like c plus plus you had to buy a borland compiler but even more recently microsoft you had to buy their visual studio for the last maybe five or six years they have been making it free and every year, the free becomes a little bit better, a little bit better. But mm-hmm. it, whereas in the other side, like the nodes and the angulars, that's been free right out of the gate. And that, that's a great um, way of attracting people, but it also a fantastic way of popularizing uh, a particular language or set of technologies.
1: Certainly get the community support when you make stuff that's more accessible to everybody. You're going to get that feedback. So one of the reasons that open source software has been such a popular movement because then you've got not only a couple of brilliant engineers that are working on something, but then you just open it up to everybody who wants to use this new tool, and they're going to improve upon it. So you get this great ecosystem. I wouldn't say for free because it's still a very difficult process to then monitor, and ensure that it's built how you would wish for it to be built. Um, but you are opening it up to the masses to improve upon. So then that way they can help kind of like shape this tool into what they see themselves using now and a couple years down the road. Um, while it is much easier uh, to get into coding and to get in software development, I do think it's one of the slippery slope area where it's become so popular to talk about and it's trending because people always want to. Uh, kind of paint this very sexy picture of like, oh, you can be a developer and work on a beach and earn this much money and it's going to be a fantastic life. And they want to have like, everybody should learn to code. And I do absolutely um, endorse the idea that everyone should have access to learn how to code if they would like to. I don't necessarily think it's a skill that everyone needs to learn. It's kind of like when we used to promote the idea that everybody needs to go to college to get a four-year degree to have a decent job. And I don't think that's necessarily true either. I think that's partially why our market then saw a flux where we had like all these educated individuals and adults that were graduating but yet we didn't have like the job market for them to then supply that um so i i do think it's one of those areas where absolutely would support anyone who's interested in coding but i don't think it's one of those strict areas like oh well you you must learn to code if you plan to be successful in life
0: if someone wants to help out or even just join girl develop it how do they go about doing that
1: Certainly, we've got a lot of great opportunities on a way that individuals can be involved in the group. It really depends on the level of time commitment that someone is interested in. Uh, For example, for an individual that's looking to become involved, you can spread the word about our classes to women that you know who might be interested in program. If you're someone that has programming experience, then you can contact your local chapter to become a teacher or perhaps volunteer as a teaching assistant. Another great way to support Girl Develop It is simply by promoting the work of women developers, help uplift them and give them more visibility into their community. Uh, for companies that are looking to get involved, they can contact their local chapters as well to become a sponsor. They can also host our classes and events. And then um, for those that don't have much time to give to Girl Develop It, but they really appreciate the organization and the mission that we're reaching for, they're welcome to go to our website, it.com, where they can make uh, donations there to the organization.
0: And then you also list uh, the code and coffees on just regular meetup.com. Is that right?
1: We do. Yeah. If you're interested in becoming a member of Girl Develop It, just simply go to meetup.com. You can join the organization there. Uh, Check your area to see if you do have a local chapter like here in Boston. We have one. And then once you join the meetup, you'll have access to everyone else that's in the group. You'll have a list of all the coming classes and events that are taking place.
0: Any final notes this morning, Steph, before we wrap up?
1: Uh, no, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about girl development.
0: Thank you, Steph Vakari. Thank you, Brian. The opening music was The Return by Nisi23 from the album 11 and 12, and the closing music was A String Instrumental from the album Pens from Spain Instrumentals by Locke Lomond.